faith for what belong, uh, belong to us. Now, it's very important to understand that the, the Lord or God himself has a purpose for your life. Lift up your right hand and say, God has a purpose for my life. Say it again. Say this again and say, God has redeemed me from sin, from sickness, from poverty, and all the works of the enemy. There must be a time in your life where you place value upon your life than you think now. Because most of us are under the impression that we are just here on earth to work, go to work, earn money. After I earn money and I die, I go to heaven. That's not what God has for you. God has a special plan for your life. God has a special purpose, a special assignment for your life. But the enemy will make sure that assignment and that purpose never comes to pass. That is the battle you have. Jesus, when he died on the cross, he paid for your, sickness, for your sicknesses and disease. You are supposed to live, and I'm supposed to live in divine health. But the devil is not just going to let you have it. I mean, the Bible says he has given us all things, not some things, all things that pertains to life and godliness. He has given us. The Bible does not say he will give us. The Bible says he has given us. But the enemy is not just going to let you have them free. I mean, God budgeted for you. When you were born, you were not born by accident. Your parents may have said it's an accident. But God knew you were going to be born. He budgeted for you. Good life for you. He budgeted your life entirely, in, in totality. He budgeted for your finances, for your health. He budgeted a husband and a wife. He budgeted everything. But listen, the devil will not let you have those things free. There is a battle that you have to fight. A good fight of faith. Come on, say good fight of faith. I did not hear you. You see, it is in the mind of a lot of us Christians to think that once I'm born again, things are just going to happen. And again, there is also another side of thinking, if things are not happening, then it is not God's will. You've got to understand that God's will does not always come to pass automatically. I think that must be in the mind of Christians. It is possible for God to give you long life, but you die at 18. It's very possible. It's very possible for God to give us long life 
and die at 35. So, stop thinking God is in control. Everything are in the hands of God and they will happen as God wants them to happen. It does not work like that. There are many things that are not in God's control. They are in your control. There are many, many, many things that God is not in total control. They are in your control. Or God will only be in control as you permit him. Now, somebody will say, but is not God is in control of everything? Really? You mean if God was in control of everything, why did you have an accident and your aunt die in the accident? Why did you have an accident and lose a child in the accident? Was God in control? Do you really mean God would want you to have an accident, have your legs amputated, or your legs are cut, and he's in control? You see, it's a wrong thinking. God, there is a limit to what God can do. It doesn't mean he's not all-powerful. He's all-powerful, but he has set a system where he works in collaboration with man. Where he requires your faith. There are things that he has given you authority. I have given you authority. Be in charge. Take control. Make things happen. God wants you to make things happen. There are things that God will not do if you and me don't do our part. Very, very important. Now, many Christians, they, they leave things for chance. They say things like this, if God wills, I'll be healed. How many of you have heard like that? If it is the will of God, I'll be what? Didn't he pay for your sins? Did he pay for our sins? Can you say, if it is God's will, I'll be saved? Because God paid for your sins and my sins so that we might be saved. Did he pay for our healing? Yes, he did. If he paid for our healing, it's obvious his will that we be healed. But people don't get saved because it's God's will. They have to believe. There is a part that they have to play. So let me say this. You need to come to the point where you realize there is a battle for my life. And I need to win this battle. And this battle is a good fight of faith. Come on, say good fight of faith. Now, good fight of faith should be fought using the word of God. Now, here is one space or area of your life where you need to fight a good fight of faith. It's what I've entitled between 
the other side. Between here and the other side. Come on, say between here and the other side. Say it again. Or between the other shore to the other shore. Go to the book of Mark chapter 4, verse 36 to 31. Mark chapter 4, verse 36 to 31. Okay? Ma? Matthew chapter 4, verse 36. Mark. Mark chapter 4, verse 36 to 41. You found it? Okay, I'm reading. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship, and there was also with him another little ship. Verse 37. And there arose... Now, I think... Let's, let's go to verse 35. Let's begin from verse 35. Are, are you there? And the same day, when the evening was come, he said unto them, let us pass over to the other side. Now, put it there and don't move. I'll tell you to move. Here is the master. He tells the disciples, let us go to the other side. Come on, say let us go to the other side. Say it again. When God says, let us go to the other side, he means it, you must go to the other side. He is not saying, let us go in the mid and drown. He is saying, let us go to the other side. But when you read the Bible, when they were going to the other side, did they just go smoothly? The word is given. The instruction is given. We are going to the other side. And as they were going to the other side, the Bible says the storm rose. And when the storm rose, the water was filling the boat and disciples thought we are about to die. I think I preached this message one time about the Gadaran man. Jesus was going to the other side with an assignment to deliver the man who was mad. But between the other side and where they were going, the Bible tells me the storm rose. Go to verse 37. The Bible says, and there arose a great storm of wind, and the whales beat into the ship, so that it was now full. If the ship is full of water, what is the next thing? You are thinking. They are about to sink, but Jesus did not say, let us go and die in the sea. He said, let us go to the other but as you look there, they are about to sink. The instruction is, we are going to the other side, but they are about to sink. 
Listen to this. The fact that God has said you shall be blessed does not mean you will be blessed without his thumbs. The fact that God says, I have blessed you. The fact that God says, I will prosper you. It does not mean you will be prosper or you will prosper without challenges. That storm did not come by chance. It did not. The enemy rose up the storm to make sure what God said or what the master said to them does not come to pass and the mission on the other side does not take place. Go to verse 37. 38, sorry. And he was in the hinder part of the ship asleep on the pillow. And they woke him and say unto him, My care is thou that we perish. Does it sound like most of us? When problems come, we, we look to God and say, Lord, why am I suffering like this? Don't you care about my life? Lord, why should I be suffering like this? Why should I? They started telling him, you don't care. He told them, let us go to the other side. Now listen, please. I'm about to make a very important statement. Very important. When the Lord tells you, let us go to the other side, he has already made provisions for your deliverance, for your salvation, for your victory. When he says, let's go to the other side, he has made provisions for the storms. He has made provision for the winds. He has made provision for everything. But here is the mistake you are going to make. When the storm rises up, you start complaining, Lord, why me? Don't you care? Why should I do this? Why should I go through this? Sometimes the Lord will look at you and say, I told you to go to the other side. And the Bible tells us when he woke up, he rebuked the storm. Go to the next verse. And the Bible says, he arose and he rebuked the wind and he said unto the sea, peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. Verse 40. And he said unto them, why are ye fearful? Now, how is it that you have no faith? How are you fearful? Why is it that you have no? You know, when Jesus was lying in the pillow, he expected them to use their faith and stop the wind. Because if he did not expect them to use their faith, and he stopped their wind. He could not tell them. Why are you fearful? Why have you, why have you of little faith? He expected them. Or he expected them. To use their faith. And stop the wind. In other words. When God gives you instructions. When you find a word. When you find a promise. 
in the word. It will not come to pass without challenges. It will require your faith to come to pass. Now, we are talking about the sea between here and the other side. But let us apply this in your personal life. There is a lot of betweens in your life as we are talking. There are a lot of betweens that you have in your life. There is a lot of betweens. There is a between between young age and old age. There is a between between young age and long life. Come on, say long life. How many of you are believing God for long life? There is, there is a between. God has said he will give you long life. He will bless you and me with long life. But between long life and where you are, between long life and where I am, there is a between. And that between may have a lot of storms. That between may have a lot of challenges. That between... In between long life and now, you may have a storm of cancer. In between now and long life, you may have a storm of AIDS. You may have a storm of any kind of sickness and disease. But all what God said to you is that I have given you long life. But in between long life, there are many battles that you are going to fight. Now, many Christians don't think like that. When they find battles of life, they think maybe they are not supposed to have long life. God has said he has we know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that even though he was rich, yet for our sakes he became poor so that we might become rich. And the Bible makes it very clearly. I wish above all things that you may be in health and prosper. Prosperity is God's will for you. Come on, say prosperity, prosperity. is God's will for me. Come on, say it like you really mean it. Come on, say it again. Between poverty and prosperity, there is an in-between. And this in-between may have a lot of battles. There may be a lot of battles. Marriage, I mean, most of the people who divorce, they come up with an excuse that I married a wrong person. And yet when you are counseling them, they said, Pastor, this is the sweetheart of my heart. God spoke to me. I was praying. Some they say, I saw a vision. And God said, I will bless you. Pastor, 
There is no one like him. This is the man. Are you sure he's from God? Yes, pastor, I have no doubt. But from wedding day to a good marriage and a successful marriage, there is a what? Uh, in between. There is in between. And the in between may make you think this man is not from God. I can tell you he's from God. Look what your husband will say. I am from God. If you are sitting close to your husband, tell him that I'm from God. Let him know. <laughs> but between your wedding day and the, the, the time when you begin to enjoy your marriage, there can be a lot of in-betweens. And a lot of people divorce because they don't know how to handle the in-betweens. You can tell him I'm from God. He has to know that. <laughs> That's the problem. You can be a pastor like me and God says I'm going to bless you. I'll raise you. I'll use you. And he, I mean when God is talking he talks like it will happen tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I mean you, uh, when God spoke to me about the preaching me I volunteered. I was just preaching. Until one day God says, I am going to send you to nations. I almost stopped to school. I just went and said, hey man, I'm wasting my time. I thought by next week. I really wanted to go and stop school. I heard the voice, I'm going to use you. I'll bless you. The in-betweens I have passed through. There are times when I thought maybe I made a mistake I'm not caught. Many, many times. Come out of the church and I think I made a mistake. Why didn't I just go to the university and become a teacher or become somebody? I made a mistake. I did not make a, mis make a mistake. I am dealing with the in-betweens. Come on, tell your neighbor there is an in-between in your life. Now, many born-again Christians, their lives ends in the between. They never go to the other side. Many of born-again Christians, they end in the in-between. They don't go to the other side. Very few born-again Christians are reaching the other side. And they are not reaching the other side because when the storms of life comes, they don't know what to do. Or they know what to do, but they doubt God's promises. In between number two, go to the book of Jeremiah, chapter 29, verse 10. You heard me, Tabisa. There is an in-between. The Bible says, For thus says the Lord, that after 70 years be accomplished at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word towards you 
in causing you to return to this place. Come on, say, return to this place. I did not hear you. God is saying you are going to go to Babylon, but after 70 years, I will return you back. Do you know the people you are talking to? Part of them were Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Is Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. What did God say to them? I will bring you back. But in between, there was a throwing in the fire. In between, there was a throwing in the den of lions. But God said, I will bring you back. Listen very carefully. I could learn more from Daniel, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego than from the disciples. Because disciples were fearful. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they told the king to say, we cannot worship an idol. If you, don't, if you want, throw us in the fire. They knew that whether you throw us in the fire, we cannot die because the Bible says we are going back. The Bible does not say you are going to die in Babylon. The Bible says you are coming back. The Bible does not say Daniel shall be eaten by lions in Babylon. What does the Bible say? You are coming. Come on, I'm coming back. I did not hear you. What did you do when the Lord said you are coming back but here is an opportunity for the enemy to feed you to the lions. You are standing before God and the word of the Lord says you will come back. But in the in between there comes a time where you are going to be lunch for lions. What do you do? That's why most of us miss it. Because listen to me. At that moment, there were choices. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they had a choice to bow down to an image so that they don't throw them in the fire. Daniel had a chance or a choice to worship the king. He could not be thrown up in the den of the lions. Now, if they did that, they could have let go the word of the Lord. And believe me, they were not going to go back. Now, most of us, where we miss it, when you start your journey of faith, you are sure this is what God wants me to do. You are sure the Lord wants to heal me. You are sure the Lord wants to bless me. You are sure the Lord wants to do this. But in between, the devil will do two things. Number one, he will scare you to death or give you alternatives. He will give you what look like is going to help you to survive the in-between. And when we do the opposite of what the Bible says, we have failed 
to fight the good fight of faith. Now, quickly, what do you do in the in-between to make sure you finish the race? In the in-between, few things you have to do. Number one, keep on reminding yourself of God's promises on a daily basis to build your faith, maintain your faith, and to keep your hope alive. What did I say? Keep on reminding yourself of the promises of God to build your faith, keep your faith alive, and your hope alive. Now, there are promises that are in the Bible. There are also individual promises. There are individual promises that God has made to us. There are also promises that are generally for every believer written in the word of God. You have a right to believe some promises. You have a right to believe, to believe for long life. You have a right. You have a right to believe for prosperity. You have a right to believe for divine health. You have a right to believe for victory. Those promises are written for us. And they are promises that most of us or some of us made up our minds to believe them. Now when you believe them, it doesn't mean the war has ended. You are going to reach the in-between. Now at that time, at that time, you must have those scriptures ready at all times. You need to know them by heart. If it's a personal promise from God, please, Bazex, write things that God tells you. Write them down. Have a diary. Have a journal. What God said about your daughter. What God said about your son. Some of us, ladies, when you were pregnant, God told you what will happen to your daughter. Your daughter shall be this. Your son shall be this. Some of you, God told you, your son shall be a man of God. Your son shall save God. You know it. It happened when the child was in the womb. You were not hallucinating. You knew this is God talking to me. And when the boy became 14, 15, he goes out of the way. The storm starts. You know what you are going to do? You are going to leave church and go to psychiatrics to seek help. In that time of in-between, Go back to God with the promise. Remind yourself of the promise. That Lord, it looks like my daughter, my son is out of way. But I know God, when the child was in the womb, this is what you said about my child. Maintain what God spoke to you. Remind yourself of the promises of God. It could not be what God spoke to you. There are things that you believed in the word. How many of you, let me ask you a question. How many of you heard the word of prosperity and you believed it that you are going to prosper, you'll be rich, you'll be rich, you'll be rich in the crowd. You believe. Lift up your Anyone here? Anyone? You heard about the message of prosperity and you really believed it. Anyone here? Lift up your hand. Okay. Do you know some of you no longer believe it? Huh? 
Look at me. Do you know that some of you no longer believe it? You are now looking for a house and a car and a school fees, fees finish. Because the devil has raised up a lot of financial storms and it looks like this thing of prosperity is not real. Now I'm serious. Most of us here, beginning of this year, I declared this is a sickness and poverty-free church. Some of you were excited. But as the year is going on, some of you don't believe it anymore. Because when I was preaching, you thought you were going to be healed tomorrow. I finished preaching and you did not get healed. You are still what? Having symptoms. And the devil has sat on your shoulders and said, can it be true that I can be sickness free? By the time the message came, you received it. It made sense. You believed it by faith. But the enemy, as the Bible says, brought in some storms. And at this moment, as I'm talking, do you still hold to that truth? Very, very important. So, the truth that you know, the promise that you have embraced, in the in-between, please, if possible, write it on tablets or on papers. Laminate them. Laminate them. There are promises that God spoke to me, revelations that God spoke to me. I read those scriptures every day, maybe three, four, five times a day to remind myself. I know the storm is so severe, but I will look on those right in the storm when the boat is being tossed up and down. I will go back to the promises of God and say, Lord, the storm is too heavy, but this is what you said. Remind yourself using the word of God. By the stripes of Jesus, I am. Look, look. It's very easy for the devil to put you under pressure and you give up the revelation. You give up the truth that you knew. John the Baptist, the old preacher, the prophet, who the Lord said, there is no woman who is man, born of man, who is a great prophet like John the Baptist. John the Baptist stood publicly and he said, this is the Lamb of God. I did not know him, but he who sent me revealed it to me that upon whom you shall see the Spirit descending and remaining, it is him. And he says, I knew not by my own understanding, but the Spirit of God revealed it to me. Say in between. I did not hear you. Okay. Then a few months, I don't know if it's a few months or some years later, a few months maybe, John was arrested. He is in prison. He calls his disciples 
and he sent a message. Say, go and ask Jesus. Is he the one or we must look for another? That is the man who introduced Jesus to people. He told multitudes. He preached it. This is the son of God. But when the storm rose, he sent a message. Do you know what happened because of that? He lost the head. Losing a revelation is costly. So, things may be very tough in your life. You are allowed to cry if it's so hard. But go and cry before the promises of God. Let tears be falling on the promises of God. Say, Lord, I don't know what is happening. But I know you said after 70 years we are going back. They are about to throw us in the fire. Lord, I don't know what will happen in the fire. But you said after 70 years we are coming back. You never said we will die in the fire. If they throw us, I don't know if you are going to take back our corpse. But all I know, after 70 years, we are going back. Cry before the promises. Hold on to the promises of God. Remind yourself every day. You see, if it was not for that, do you think I could be here in South Africa? Man. One guy, I, find a, I found a, an immigration officer. I was an immigration or police officer at the border of Botswana. He's telling me, yes, Chipolo Polo, what are you doing in South Africa? Yeah, because that's our Zambia national team. I said, I came to preach. He said, you mean there are no sinners in Zambia? I said, they are. He said, so, you just came for green pasture. Yeah, that's what he was telling me. You just came for what? Man, I have green pasture in Zambia. And I have a greener one in America. I can go to America tomorrow. You don't know that? <laughs> there it is green, not green. It is what? Green. You have to say it in an Africans way, green. Because Africaners, they, they emphasize what? Green. But, you see, you've got to hold on to what God said. And I looked at him and said, you don't know what you are talking about. There are challenges you face. But do you know what God spoke to you? Can you hold on that promise? Can you hold on the word of God? You are sick about to die. But God said I'm going to use you. You are going to preach the gospel. God spoke to you. That before you die. You shall accomplish this and this. The doctors are saying. Come on. You are remaining with how much? Four months. They system put me here. I, I'm going to give you, I'll give her a, a, a chance to testify. Doctors gave her three months 
They told her, you have at most how many months? Three months to live. She took the book, Healing His Children's Bread. Read it in and out. Come on, say in. I did not hear you. How many months has passed so far? A year now after three months. Come on, give the Lord a big hand. Number two. In between. What do you do in between? Never put your attention or focus on the storms and remove your eyes from the promises of God. I mean, it's very easy to begin thinking what you are going through. It's very easy to begin looking at your life according to the present. How it is going. God said, I'll prosper you, but you are broke now. God said, I'll heal you, but you have what? Symptoms in your body now. God said, your, your, your home shall be a good home. But your wife or your husband is behaving crazy. You still love me, good people? Amen. Now, the mistake you are going to make is to remove your eyes on the, from the promises of God and begin to see what you see. The Bible says, Abraham, our father, is staggered not at the promises of God. He was strong in faith. There are many storms you are going to face. Let them not influence your thinking. Let, please, if God told you, don't scare your planning. Plan like a madman. <laughs> what did I say? Some of you used to think you are going to travel the whole world. You are going to have this and that. God will give you this and that. You have scared. Or you are, going to, you are just believing God to die in the Lord. <laughs> you are just believing God to die what? As long as I die in the Lord. Yeah, you will die in the Lord and miss a lot of things. And for some of you who have been contemplating suicide, you are weak. <laughs> Look at your neighbor and say, you are weak. <laughs> Come on, tell your neighbor and say, you are weak. Your mind is what? Weak. You don't have to rush to die, you will die. Why are you rushing it? <laughs> eh? Why are you rushing it? Why do you want to rush it? You will what? Don't rush it. Some people say, I'm coming to kill you. Before he kills you, you hang yourself. Just wait for him. Come on. If you hang yourself, you have died, isn't it? If he comes and shoots you, you have died, isn't it? So why do you just, just, just wait? Stay there. It's a weakness to say I can't take it anymore. And you put some medicine to die. 
Don't do that. Did you hear what I said? I said what? Stay here. So don't put your attention on the current situation. The Lord said we are going to the other side. They made a mistake. They began to look on the storm. Peter walked on the water. He made a mistake. He started looking on the storm. Storms of life should never catch your attention more than the promises of God. I can tell you this. There is no storm you are going through that will never come to an end. The devil is a liar. The storm may look like it's too much, but I'm promising you it will come to an end. The only thing that is eternal is God and his word. Problems are not eternal. There's no eternal problem. There's no eternal sickness. There's no eternal poverty. They will come to an end. And they will end soon. Very, come on, say very soon. <laughs> oh my, I love what I'm preaching myself. Because I'm preaching to myself. So whether you are sick, your body is aching, just rejoice. You are not dead. The Bible says you are healed. Just rejoice. Instead of saying I've suffered, enough is enough, I can't take it anymore. Just forget about your pains. Believe, he said, by the stripes of Jesus I am. Be consumed by the word of God. Take the word of God. Suck in the word of God. Every morning, put your attention that I'm going to the other side. When the devil is throwing you in the fire, you speak, I am going back home. Back to Jerusalem. You are in Babylon. No one loves you. You are in Gwere Gwere. They want to feed you to a lion. They want to burn you in the fire. Everything does not look like you will go back and worship the God of Abraham. But in the middle of the fire, you just say, the Lord said, we are going back home. Fire or no fire. We are going back home. Come on, I'm going back. See, Christians, that's the problem. In between makes us change our thinking. Never. Never give attention to the challenges you are going through. The Bible says many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord will do what? Deliver him from them all. Point number three. Go to Romans chapter 4 verse 17 to 21. Romans chapter 4 verse 17 to 21. The next thing you have to do in between 
is to develop the spirit of praise. The spirit of worship. Develop the spirit. Some of us, our faces have been so gloomy and long for a long time. It's time we changed. The Bible says, as it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. Before him who he believed, even God who quickens the dead and call those things that be not as they were. Go to the next verse. Verse 18. Who against the hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken. Can you underline that in the Bible? Against all hope. What was he looking at? What was spoken. The wife is too old. He never cared. He only looked at what was spoken. Five years went by. He never changed. He looked at what was spoken. He kept focus on the promises of God. Very important. Verse 19. And being not weak in faith, he considered his, not his own. Didn't I say don't consider circumstances? He considered not his own body now dead. When he was about 100 years old. Neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. There are two things. There's a dead body. There's a dead womb. As a matter of fact. If you read some, some lesser versions. The lesser version says. Abraham and Sarah were too old that they stopped having sex. That's why some Bible says. Small ones. Then the Bible says Sarah also had stopped having her menstruation period. The man cannot sleep with his wife. Even if he did, the wife has stopped her childbearing. Symptoms show it is what? Impossible. But the Bible says he did not stagger at the promises of God. He continued looking and said, Isaac shall be born. When he was talking that, Sarah says, but my husband, we have never been as wife and husband for the past three months or two years. How shall Isaac be born? Says the power of God shall come upon me one day. Not considering his own body. He considered not his own body. When he was 100 years, he considered not the dead of Sarah's womb. Don't consider the circumstances of your life in, on the expense of the word of God. On the expense of the promises of God upon your life. It may look like things are getting worse. But as long as God has spoken in the vocabulary of God, there is no worse. Come on, give the Lord a big hand. There is no words in the vocabulary of God. You see, when Jesus was dying on the cross, 
It was not getting worse. It was getting good. When they killed him, buried him, it got better. On the third day, how did it get? The best came out. He rose again from the dead. The devil was seeing thing, get, things getting what? Worse. And yet God saw things getting better. In your vocabulary, things are getting worse. In God's vocabulary, things are getting better. Because his word is still at work in your life. Oh my God. Things are getting better. Go back to the verse. Going to show you something. Now we go to verse, nine, verse 20. Verse 20, very important. He staggered not at the promises of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. When things were getting worse, he became strong in faith and giving glory to Come on, giving glory to? Come on, doing what? Look at me. One of the lessons you, some of you Christians, you need to learn. It is to praise the Lord when you don't feel like. Let me tell you this and get it very quickly. There is nothing like quiet praise. In Greek, the word for praise actually means losing your mind. Shabbat. It means behaving like you have lost your mind. There was a time when King David was praising the Lord. He put a chitenge material here. For those who come from South Africa... Maybe Zimbabwe and Zambia. You know when a person takes off, they are playing, they are playing music, and the man takes off a jacket. Eh? Have you seen something like that? A man begins to take a jacket. You are playing music, and a man, no, 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 he's not taking a jacket for the usher to hold it. <laughs> you see now, a man taking off a jacket and doing this. <laughs> Have you ever seen it like that? My God, you know now workers what? I don't want to show you. <laughs> Come on, give the lady a big hand. When a man, I mean, where Pastor Macombo comes from, when a woman or a man takes something put here, you have to close your eyes if you are not born again. Come on, give the lady a big hand. That is what the Bible says, Shabbat. You see, the problem is that many Christians, you have not learned the, the art of praise, the art of giving glory to God when you are still in the stomach of the whale like Jonah. He gave a sacrifice of praise when he's still in the stomach. He never waited. Some of us, 
we are delaying our miracles. We are so silent. Why don't you? You have an opportunity in the church. Sometimes I watch you people. When we are praising and worshiping, you sit down and you say, I am sick. Is it not the reason for you to stand up? Lift your hand and tell the devil I'm healed. The pain in your body is not the reason, is it not the reason for you to stand up and give him the glory. Stand up and say, God is the reason to give praise to Jehovah Elohim. Say, God, I may be thrown down, but I'm not destroyed. I may be put down, but I'm not crushed. Behold the name of Jehovah Elohim, who is my deliverer. There is power in praising and giving glory to God in the time of pain. Everyone can give God glory when the bank account is full. It is not difficult to say thank you God when somebody has given you 50,000. It's not difficult. It is not difficult to tell God you are Jehovah Jireh when you are not having pain in your body. It is, it is not difficult to sing when you feel loved by everyone. It's, it's not difficult. It's very difficult when you are surrounded by rejection. Surrounded by pain to lift up your hand. I'll never forget this. There's one lady, she, she lost her daughter. The daughter was in the hospital and she died. So somebody came and said, Pastor, it, we hear the daughter so-and-so has died. I said, go and check. I went to the hospital. When I went to the hospital, they showed me she was in the room. They have not yet take her, taken her to the, to, into the mortuary. I, they say, yes, she passed on at such, such a time. The mother did not know. Then they says, pastor, the mother has just arrived. Can you talk to her? I stood with this woman. I said, your daughter is late. She looked at me without tears and she started shaking. I'm talking about a daughter who was a breadwinner. She started shaking. She started shaking. And I took there, I took her there. And we entered, we are two of them in the room, in the hospital. She looks at the daughter and started shaking. After some time, she lifted up her eyes. She did not close her eyes. And tears begin to roll out of her eyes. And she said, Mudim, my daughter has died. This is the daughter whom I loved. But I want to tell you, Umudim, I will change. You are still the same. Instead of crying and mentioning the name of her daughter, I stood there speechless. She lifted her eyes, tears 
roaring out of her face. She went on, Umudim Jehovah. Umudim, you have forgiven my sins. In this pain, I want to know. I want you to know. You are still God. And I heard her, began to pray with her. She gave glory to God in the presence of pain. The daughter has just died. She has just known my daughter is dead. You see, most of us, what has held back our miracles is that we have not gone ahead and give God the glory for what he has already done. You are waiting for a junk of money to call him Jehovah Jireh. Money does not make him Jehovah Jireh. He's Jehovah Jireh when you have nothing and when you have everything. Archangel is God. He's the same. Whether you are sick, you are feeling pain, he is still Jehovah Rapha. He, he deserves to be praised as Jehovah Rapha even when you are sick. He deserves to be praised as Jehovah Jireh even when you have nothing. Your having nothing has never changed him. He is still Jehovah Jireh. He is still Jehovah Rapha. You don't determine who he is by what you are experiencing. He is who he is because he is who he is. Therefore, praise him. Whether it feels like he has left you. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake me. Even when you feel forsaken, you have to know he's with you. Amen. There are times when it feels like God has left you. God doesn't care. God, the presence of God cannot be felt. That's the time to kneel down and say, I want to thank you for being so close to me. I'm not saying this because I feel it, but because I know. You said you never leave me nor forsake me. Even now, Jehovah, I know you are with me. I want to thank you for your divine presence. I want to thank you because you are closer to me more than a brother. You are closer to me more than my mother, more than my friends. You are not saying that because you feel it. You are saying so because he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Abraham, the Bible says, was strong in, in, in faith. Give, what do you give glory for when your wife now is 90 years? What do you give God glory for? You know what he was giving glory for? Because he had spoken. That's all. He says, I may not feel anything. I may not taste anything. My body may say nothing is there. Isaac may not be there. But he has spoken, I'm going to give him glory. And he went on just giving glory. And people, people thought Abraham was bad. And listen to this. 
out of that Isaac was born. Your Isaac shall be born out of your attitude of praise and giving glory to God in the midst of your adversities. It's not time to keep quiet. I want us to stand on our feet.